We are back here inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, officially episode 101, which we don't have as much fanfare for. Oh, no, we've got the biggest guest for this one. Ah, see, but that's the difference. We don't get caught up in these anniversaries. We got to bring it every week. We don't say, hey, 100 is going to be. I think 101 is a, is a, a more important number than 100. It rings, it rolls off the tongue better. So we're going to have a big show here on 101. But as we always like to remind you, uh, please download, rate, review, share this with a friend. Share it. Well, you know, you get so many bands that they, they put out one good album, but how do, you, how do you follow it up? I feel like 101 is that for us. Yeah, 100 was good. It was just unexpected. Yeah. We had some access. We got to the players. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to it, take a listen. You'll hear from Latif Blessing and Eddie Segura, uh, Cal Jennings. Uh, Steve Cherundolo. Steve, Steve reached out to me on the uh, during the after the broadcast. Oh, yeah? uh, I, I had like a thirty seconds chat about Las Vegas lights, mm-hmm. and I said, and I don't know if this is accurate. I don't know if there's this is not. I'm not breaking any news. I'm just saying based on what I know mm-hmm. with some openings in MLS. Don't be surprised if he gets some phone calls. And what did be- he say? He said thanks for the shout out. Ah, but he, I think it was more thanks for the shout out for mentioning Las Vegas lights, even though they lost. Well. They're playing much better, and Steve's coaching up a storm. I don't think I'm breaking news here because it, it was it was yesterday. I am up for the Atlanta job. Uh, shoulder to shoulder podcasts. Every time there is a, a, an opening in MLS, uh, we'll bring back the hire Vince hashtag. Yes. It is out there. Hire Vince for the Atlanta job. I think I could do a better job. I mean, I know what water you, breaks are. Are you going to have water? Are you going to make them run till they have nothing left to give you, in the Atlanta you know what, heat? You know what's so funny is. So are you going to make them tread water in a swimming pool with their clothes on? I now feel like I played high school soccer in the Middle Ages because literally our high school coaches would do similar stuff that like having water would make you weak. You know what's also funny? You remember, remember you, you get kind of worn out and you'd put your hands on your knees and they'd be like, you got to put your arms up, man. That's how you get full oxygen. Studies now have shown that your oxygen recovery and your heart rate actually recovers better if you put your hands on your knees. Wow, sounds like a little song and dance, but uh, that's fantastic. But oh, come on, Max, you go for a good Sunday run. That's going to help you out. I did not go for my Sunday run uh, shows. Uh, on rugby, run on the, the beach sand, and then run, jump in the water. Clears out. I feel great after. Did not do it because after the game, my wife had her... Uh, friend's 50th birthday mm. and so i that? parked the car I, I ubered which took forever uber prices are much more expensive these days in yeah, case you knows and then i met them and then had a couple sea tails stayed out a little bit late and then slept and i didn't want to go to a run i feel i feel empty a little bit today wait can you go, rewind sea tail sea tail no which basically i got there too late i, know so I couldn't cocktail, get a drink but but someone there was an after party What's and your... I, I poured a little tequila on some ice and had a couple okay. of those just maybe, tequila maybe on more ice? than a couple Tequila on ice. That's, wait, if it's just tequila on ice, that's not a cocktail. It is. Well, it's definitely not a sea tail. Because the ice turns into water, and it's basically a tequila and water. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> tequila and water. It's still well, not a cocktail. a sea tail. But, uh, yeah, so I did that, so I missed the run there, but uh, I would miss it. But uh, the news was Gabriel Heinze is out, and, uh, and no Vince surprise. And Rosa, number one candidate. And before we go any further, Matt Doyle of the MLS office, who uh, also is with the we'll Extra him, Time uh, We'll ask him how podcast. he rates the candidacy of when Vince LaRosa, his playing style. Uh, I've got a, I've got I don't a, think it's going to go well. Quite the CV, as they say in Europe. <laughs> he will be joining us here, and we'll talk about that. He had a tweet about Eduardo Twist and his value on the market. I want to talk to him about that. We'll Which talk you, about the Gold Cup. You and I just talk, to, to pull the curtain back. We talked about briefly, and for once, we don't agree. We don't agree. This is Because good. It, it based off Gianluca Busio going to Venezia. Venice road trip for us? Yes. See these American players? Yes. Before Venice is underwater? Yeah. Yes. So next week. Yes. My brother's an environmentalist, so he tells me about all the cities that are going to be underwater soon, so we probably should go visit Venice, New Orleans, Miami, Miami. Amsterdam. All all the good places. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Uh, Detroit is going to be fine above water for a long time. It's coming back, baby. The Motor City. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, let's just leave that. So there. Venice road trip will hit the gondolas, but they've they're signing out two Americans and Busio. It looked like eleven million dollar price tag, which Big is price it, tag. It's huge for MLS. I, I believe that's got to put you in like the top five, right? Top Transfers three out, right? Maybe even top three, yeah. So uh, that's even more than Alfonso Davies, right? He has eight million, I think. Uh, but was it eleven? Wasn't there yeah, elevators? I hope could, so. The, yeah. I, well, Loving you hope it. so for Vancouver, but for Bayern, good little yeah. piece. Loving of work. an elevator, Aerosmith. Worst song ever. So um, not in your, not if you're in certain clubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
after that was Matt Doyle, who's a huge Eduardo Atuesta fan. He goes, if it's $11 million for Buzio, what's the price tag going to be for Atuesta? Because he's the more all-rounded number six. And, we and you poo-pooed my idea. No, hey, 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 this is a tease. This is a very extended okay. tease, but don't don't give it all away. Poo- okay, we won't give it away. Yeah, but we'll we're talk get about into it with Doyle. We'll get into where, it with what is the value himself. of Eduardo Atuesta? Maybe some other players yeah. as well. And uh, You want to talk about your undefeated record on the local broadcast? 5-0-0 on local broadcasts. No ties, just wins. Yep, perfect, perfect record. Not just undefeated, perfect. Oh, record. I want to say about Heinz, it's the he was as you said he's from the Bielsa tree, which he likes to run these guys till they have nothing left, which is fine if you have these, but to a point, most most soccer players are in really good shape. It's the yeah. one sport where you're constantly running. They are, but also the MLS season is very long, and you yeah. can't just like you can't you can't peak uh, in preseason and then expect to get through the spring, which is okayish. Some some. Pretty steep weather changes, but then once you get to the summer, ruined. Like you need water. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Atlanta gets very hot down there. It does, but they play in that nice air conditioned carpeted building. Which wasn't for the it was more for the music, not for the, yes. the heat. Almond brothers. I mean we're actually from Jacksonville, Florida. Or yeah. something like that. I think you're thinking of Leonard Skinner. No, Jacksonville was where it all started, man. Yeah. That's where it all started. Jayville. Yeah. Place I'd never want to go. Okay. I, we handled we talked this long right, without yeah. talking about the no, results. Let's talk about 5 I mean, Carlos Vela scored, scored a worldie, and we're what, 10 minutes Where do we rank that goal? Obviously, the San Jose goal from 2019 is number one, right? Yeah. Because the San Jose goal won, it's, it's, it's and almost end to end. It has a lot of team in Because I like team goals. Team goals. A little bit of team goal, but with like a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, single handed genius of Carlos Vela added in. And then obviously the, the, the cheeky little bit where he waits the last minute to let guys come back and then finishes. Um, the curlers are all great. Yeah. The Houston uh, one. Houston. Uh, 2018. Yeah. I, th- I would say the very first Galaxy game, the second goal. Yeah. That, that, that thing levitated. chip was really good. But this is one you don't see against a really hot goalkeeper. He had this much of a window, hit it immediately. Goalkeeper didn't think he was going to hit him that quickly. Mm-hmm. It also came off a beautiful pass from Kim Moon Hwan. Yeah, don't, don't undersell laid- the pass, which is... Which Incredible. he just put it on a platter. It was like, here you go. This is your dinner, Carlos. Well, it's you, a ribeye steak. That's not what Kim Moon sounds like. I'm just doing it as my waiter voice. Yeah, I mean, Kim. With asparagus. Is that, that's your Kim impression. Yes. And scallops potatoes. <laughs> no, I mean, that Kim Moon assist, the goal. I told you, uh, and I said it on Twitter, it was Van Basten-esque a little bit for me. I know he didn't take it on the first time, so don't kill me. I've seen the goal. I love Marco Van Basten. That's high uh, praise. What is? I mean, the, the technique. Especially if it was someone wearing an Italy shirt right the now. The angle. Yeah. Finally, we get to comment on this shirt. It's coming to Rome. Leo, Leo Benucci. Back in, my good, back, in my, back in my good graces. I wore this shirt specifically for Manesh, who his dreams were crushed. Childhood was, dreams. He remembers 96, where England was so close. Manesh wasn't even born in 1996. Yeah. Lucky for him. 1987. Oh, good on you, Manesh. You're older than you he's look. A, just, just for people that are watching... Uh, he's in Max's ear. He's, Manesh yes. isn't just dropping Manesh in just told me, uncross your arms. But I wanted to cross my arms because his shirt, because I have this rib cage that pushes out here. Max and the is just flexing out. and busting out. No, it's, yeah, they're sick abs. Max, what was, what was your overall takeaway from that game, though? 28 shots. Was it 29 shots? 29 shots. Uh, just the, uh, the good pressure and the belief or the, the the fear that they were in a tie game 1-1 where they had that many good chances yeah. because it was earlier in the year where they had a lot of possession and chances but not great chances like that you actually had the penalty um it was it was a, it had to be in the game plan because they knew Ochoa was so good centrally and such a big yeah. keeper all these diagonal balls they all came in diagonally across the goal mouth mm-hmm. and they couldn't quite hit it uh even that cross came over and then it was another ball kind of across zigzagging but it was a it was a certain game plan, and uh, this the magic of Carlos Vela comes up. But I, what I stood out is everybody had a go, right? Yes. Vela, Rossi, Kim Moon Hwan was MLS Sifu. Team of the Week. Stifu had a go. Blessing had a go. Uh, even Cheeky came off the bench, Raheem and he was, was getting pushing. in there. Raheem almost was, a bicycle kick on his birthday. It was unbelievable. Everybody was. All hands on the pump. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, Carlos, rescue us. Because people are going to walk away, Carlos, rescue us. Everyone had a shot or put pressure on that goal at some point. Well, it's just, it's absolutely crazy to think that you and I could be saying something completely different if it wasn't for a moment of billions. They missed a PK. Carlos did miss a PK. He'll 
or I hate saying PK penalty. Sorry, Gerard PK. Yeah, Gerard PK. He misses a penalty, but we could, it's, it shows you the margins. We could have, be having a very different conversation if it's one-one, or heaven forbid they lose that game. Uh, and but they'll forget that like this team was creating chance after chance left and right. The XG was high, and I get it. Stats people are gonna crush me because they were like, you can't boil the game down to stats. But yeah, they're Billy but, Bean. But yeah, if we. If Carlos doesn't pull out that bit of magic, you know, I, I, and I always say I love a mad Carlos. I guarantee you he missed that penalty uh, in front of the, the north end and immediately was like, okay, how do I, how do I get this back? Because this is not how I'm going out in this game. But if he doesn't do that, where do you feel, how do you feel about this team? It would have been right back to the doldrums. We would have been slumping. But, but why? I, you know, it, it, just, it just goes to show you it's not always that, that cut and dry, man. Was it the hair? He changes his hairstyle a lot, and he had the coiffed He's got getting the curls going. He's looking very— Looked uh, really good. That like was a, a good hair. Like a nice uh, Renaissance statue or maybe yes. a Greek very, Adonis? Very—was uh, it like those old Hollywood 1940 black and mm-hmm. white? Max, you know what Casablanca. the— Casablanca. Cary I know the, Grant, is that one? He, he did the, the Spider-Man. Is that for— is that for Romeo? Is that for his son? Do we know what that means? I don't know. Because I, I, like, I know what Diego Rossi does the V, which is for his, for his wife, wife. Yeah. Um, which is great. Love. I, I don't know. I like. I like knowing what the celebrations mean. So maybe we can. We got. Maybe was we'll uh, head of security Paul to get us a line to about Spider Man. Why? Yeah, I want to know about it. Yeah. I think, okay. It's cool, right? Yeah. I was. I didn't notice it. I'm afraid. I was. Oh like, yeah. So you were too busy screaming, which was great. I thought yeah. I loved your call. ESPN FC. I got some heat with my former. Yeah, like employer. they don't know you. Who's running the ESPN? I know everybody there. I told them, and then they go, the announcer lost it during this cold call. Yeah, give me, just put my name there. You don't have to tag me. Max Bredos, LAFC. Come on now. Yeah. That one, that one kind of. That's fair. That's not. This is the way, not, I, this is the way I've been treated by the national media. That's why I'm going all in with my wonderful club here, LAFC. Hey, We're going to beat them from within. Aside from your actual agent, I'm your biggest agent, so I'm 100%. We, we were having a conversation about uh, great American goal calls before the game, and I was in your corner. You were, what you said, I have been thinking about for three days, so I really appreciate that. Cool. Because I jokingly said, greatest goal call in American soccer history. And I go, what's my call from 2007 U.S. Open Cup? I mean, the uh, Gold Cup. And someone goes, well, there's ought to be better ones from the, from the World Cup. And then they asked Vince, and he goes, yeah, but calling a goal in the World Cup's easy because of this, the magnitude of the you competition. You just have to not mess it up. Right. The Gold Cup's a tougher sell. And I go, you're right. I made it a Gold Cup. I've been watching the Gold Cup right now. Those games are not good. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that U.S. game with Doyle. Ooh. The whole tournament, the groups have been, it's going to be better in the quarterfinals. But this whole group thing, these mismatches, empty stadiums, you're like, Optics, not great. Every match is in a place where it's uh, extremely hot and humid. Good Rain call. delays where there's a lot yeah. of weather. Good call there. They're still having games at the Cotton Bowl. It's, it's a, they're, having, they're having games at Allegiant Stadium. They're having at Jerry's World in, in North Texas. The brand Children's Mercy Park, which is new and you know, state-of-the-art. And then the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Actually, we had saw- a good turnout for El Salvadorian fans, we should say. Well, that El Salvador team, very interesting. Good. Yeah. Really impressed. They should have got a point. Yeah. Really, they really interesting got a, team. So, like, when, I, you know, no one wants to play them in the knockout round, right? The USA got a lot of grief. They won the group, the group and like, I do my Soccer OG podcast, um, Soccer OG uh, YouTube Shout show. Out. You plug. can check it out, Soccer OG. Check Max Bretos on YouTube, yeah. and also my Soccer OG podcast. But I talked about how the US gets, everyone, the fans are so critical. I go, look, we're in better shape than Mexico. Look at what they're going. They dro- tied Trinidad and Tobago and escaped El Salvador. With more of their top With more players. of their top teams. The U.S. is playing with a B team. B to C. It's not a C. No? No. No, it's not a C team. Unfor- Look, I wish it was a C team. I, it's not. No, but I really like James Sands, but he's not on the B team. Yeah, he is. James I mean, Sands is going to be, be on no, the No, I think he should be, but okay. literally this is kind of like his first real action for the team. You can't, you can't consider him on the B team. B minus. The B minus team. <laughs> we do, do it than, that way. That sounds worse than C team almost. It does. So because uh, you just had to. Just, uh. Yeah, but in comparison, they win their. They both won their group, but the, it, it, it's a bit of a slog. But I think the. Sorry, man. Yes. The, the teams are going to do better for the podcast. They're going to do a little uh, do a little better as it goes on because they have deeper rosters. But that also got me to think about LAFC, mm-hmm. and we were we were critical they had a bad patch the team would be the first to say it. it was a hard watch we were we were dropping points we shouldn't have 
but there was a good spirit around the club all the time. There was no panic. There was no angry players. There was nothing. It, internally, everyone was happy. They were just waiting for it to turn around. And now they have with three straight wins. And then you see Toronto FC, Atlanta with a lot of uh, a lot of issues and player uh, coach issues, which we don't see. And I just want to bring it up. Do you see the difference how LAFC now doing well? Mm-hmm. I think they're in fifth. They're probably going to move up there. They have a good run of home games coming up against teams that should win. That it's okay to be patient. Well, not to toot our own horns, but we will. We sat here week in and week out and said, yes, the results are not good enough. We understand the pain. But we're also watching these games and we're seeing, man, they're not far off. Yeah, they're not and quitting. Then, they're none of that. And then Bob Bradley gets mocked for saying, for being asked, well, do you need to blow it all up? And he goes, why would I do that? Yeah. The ideas are solid. I still see a good team in there. And people are like, oh, you see a good team? You obviously don't, are not looking at the right thing, which is bananas to me. Bob Bradley sees the game differently yeah. than, than most people. And now look, you're getting, you're getting, wow, you're getting guys that are actually available again. They're healthy. You're getting to run everyone's out the healthy. same. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's back. You're getting to run out the same lineup in consecutive matches. Uh, yeah. Bob is having a chunk and change, you know, back, back and forth. So finally, and, acor- you, and according to John Thornton, they're, they're in the actively looking for reinforcements. They're, they're still in the market for reinforcements anyways. And, and look, Again, I want to go back to our cell game. Two to one, yes. Could have been a very different story if it wasn't individual brilliance from Kim Muwan and Carlos Vela, but the, the chances they created, 29 shots, nine shots on target. Their, their XG, I think MLS had their XG up to f- above five, which was bananas. Uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds with it, but Opta, Opta does something where if, yeah. you, if you take two consecutive shots, like let's say there's an open net and you hit the post twice, they'll add those together. You, you wouldn't get one shot if you didn't have the other. So... More conservative, better uh, XG had it more at 3.9, which is still bananas. I'm going to start calling you XG. You know, if Ogre was here, he would probably grab you and, and well, toss you off the second story of, of the frat house there on Adams there, State there's a great, University. Uh, I, I, wanna, I like to shout out great uh, football podcasts, and they do more of the world. Uh, it's uh, No Grass in the Clouds, Infinite Football Podcast, and Ryan O'Hanlon does it, who's a great writer, has written for ESPN, has his own newsletter, and uh, they call him XG God, which Heck I love. Because yeah. he... He has the tendency Nerds. to be the, Well, look, the numbers are instructive. They kind of help you see like what kind of chances it. you're creating. I don't, I don't live and die by them, but when you see a number like 3.9, you go, oh, man. 3.9 to 0.7, that team dominated. Which means the big game is coming. Like there was a nine-goal game um, between Montreal and Cincinnati. And I go, A, you want to see the big number, which is going to come, and you want to see LAC put a team away early. Kind of cruise like I just did. want to see the third goal. At yeah, this point, we haven't third got goal a third goal. goal. This it's, team's it's a mess. This team is yeah. destined for failure. They haven't had a third goal. Can you imagine? But I mean, it just it keeps ticking up. Like every match in RSL, we were like, Ooh. excuse me, we we're like that that match was, Ugh. but we won thankfully. Then Austin, they're made to work for it, but they get a two nil victory, comfortable in the end. This one, they are made to work for it, kind of in that middle patch, but in the end, just created almost every single chance that there was in that game. It's just ticking up, and it, and again, it's a lot of things. It's availability of players. It's it's keeping your lineup together, and just figuring out some new ideas to place personnel in the right spots. The the five three two, which at times looks like a three four three with Sifu so pushed up, helping to press. You're uh, calling it a five three? Uh, listen, well, you we can't you call, call it. A five. That's not a that's not a five. It's no. it's just a three five well, two. I will because say because Kim and Raheem are so far up there. Well, except for when they're not. Oh, I will say my one worry was when those patches, when when RSL was uh, starting to make the distances space. bigger to cover, starting to play longer balls. They they actually was which was really interesting for RSL, who I normally think was a very defensive team. They basically said, let's get three guys to stand on each one of their center backs. So now their center backs are kind of a little bit more worried about where they can go because they don't man mark the center backs. They they want to be able to to do some things, and then they just had Rusnak kind of float in between the the midfield and the. Uh, uh, the front line, the, the wingbacks started to have too much of a gap to close. So they were right. farther back. But second half, seemed to figure something out. Raheem really went for it, which got Kim to get more activated uh, in his position. Uh, all in all, good good team performance. On the offensive side, those two guys going forward did something that I always look out for. And you don't see a lot in MLS. So wide players go up. They're going at the opposing fullbacks. And do they take them on or do they pass it back in? These guys taking it on at least half the time, if yeah. not more. Raheem Edwards just turned and goes, I'm going. And he would he would crack through that back line. Kim would do it as well. It's uh that's a game changer because it, it's one thing to try it, but they were successfully getting through. Yeah. 
and then you'd see that space, and then the, the Rossi and Vela would be waiting for something. That is where it could just explode. And Raheem Edwards, who um, had, I had a very funny story with him. I go, did you when you, did you ever get alerted you were drafted by LAFC in the expansion draft? And he said. Yeah, for about five minutes I heard. And I go, and I go, what did you think about it? He goes, well, I've always lived in, in the cold in the northern cities. I go, I have to buy some summer clothing. And then he goes, and as that thought went on, I was told quickly that I've been traded to Montreal for Laurent Simon and Yuki Raitala, who was at Euros. Yes. What That's a, one of the biggest trades in MLS history. What a weird five minutes. What All a right, weird five. I'm stoked. All I'm right, stoked. I gotta buy some shorts, sandals. No, Montreal. Okay. Maybe I'll get one of those Miami Vice. Oh, I'm, I'm going to Montreal. So, uh, but he's made the best most of it. Yeah. What another player? They're they're a problem one v one. Teams are they're a serious problem for teams one v one. And that's why I think uh, we might just see the two attackers for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I, Bob has mentioned he still thinks that this team is best out of a four three three, and I tend to agree. Um, it's interesting because that setup really is kind of against. It's for other teams because when you're in the four three three, you have three midfielders and they're expected to converge on those spaces when teams switch out wide. So it's a lot of work that they have to do, a lot of ground they have to cover. You can't have immobile midfielders in that. When you have the wingbacks, they're right there. They're just placed right there. Hopefully they're further up the pitch and they're right there. Um, but personnel-wise, yeah, you, I mean, right now you got to have Raheem in the team and you got to have Kim in the team. So you can't and, – and I would say you got to have Sifu in the team. So you can't – I don't think you can move it too much, uh, but it is – I think you're going to see a repeated lineup, but we're going to think, have two well, games this week. Don't change a don't don't change a winning team. But I think there will be some adjustments because of the two games this week yes. at Portland and then Vancouver on Saturday at home. Should we talk about those? Which will be on uh, KCOP, which we were five zero and zero. Should I ask for like a, should I ask for a raise with this winning record? I mean, it's like per, it's 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 performance I mean, based. I'm not, I'm not saying no, <laughs> but who who gives it? Wait, but who gives you the raise? <laughs> I know. Who's going to ask? Do you have to go? I think you go to John. Yeah. Soccer ops. Can you imagine that conversation? John, just want to have a word. So I think I've exceeded expectations. We've won all our games that I have called. You're like, hey, it doesn't even have to be real money. What about some no, gam? I, just I, throw me some of that gam. Give me, give me some gam and some tam yeah. and some spam. And then uh, I would, it, it's, look, the, it, clearly the players heard my voice pushing them forward and they were inspired. So this is not an accident. I Even heard, the games I did from a studio I have heard in Burbank. You are the halftime talk. <laughs> Bob, yes. Bob brings them in. They, they do it all old school and they all sit Indian style in the team room. And he, he goes, Gentlemen, please can I have your attention? Clicks it on and it's Max Bredos to halftime. That's what I've heard. I, I can't confirm that. Smart. That's what I've heard. Smart. So, do you want to talk about these games coming up? Do we I mean, talk we enough gotta, about we LAFC? Got, we got to go quick because we're going to have Doyle soon. Yeah, so we want to talk. So, we're going to expand. What do you make a, a, here's what I make of Portland. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and they uh, well, they've been, they've been weird because they they lo- they got blown out by Austin, and then they haven't played since mm-hmm. it was like 16 days. Then they beat Dallas, which is last place now in the West. They acquitted themselves very well, I thought, uh, in Concacaf Champions League. I was excited to see that team. I thought they played well. Um, but to your point, yeah, they're up and down. Uh, they're going to be mi- missing probably Eric Williamson, who's probably one of their best players. Uh, their finishing hasn't been great. Uh, it looks like Diego Chara has finally slowed down a little bit. Uh, yeah, they're a weird. They're a weird team. I, I mean, but they're still Portland. So they still don't press very much. They get numbers behind the ball. Uh, and then they, they find a way to hit you on the break with some, you know, Diego Valeri, who's an ageless wonder, um, is still out there just dominating. I mean, he is like our, uh, he's like the MLS Kaká. I know we had Kaká, but like the real Kaká. Not, not the Orlando City Kaká, but the one that, like, when he played for AC Milan and he could just get in transition and carve up four defenders. Magic Kingdom, Kaka. And also, he has this knack for, okay, I know Diego Valeri's there, he's there, he's there. Oh my God, how did he end up on the other side of the field and he's in space and he's open? Like, he just, he just, he teleports. Yes. I love him uh, from the beginning. It's just to see how seems successfully. Like a, and he seems like a really good dude. I know we get, we get hammered yeah, for being is. like, why are you talking nice about other teams' players? But you know what? No, he is. We've done some interviews. He's just a delightful guy. Yeah, and there's a video really of when good. he won the MVP and sharing it with his daughter. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, gets me a little, gets me a little teary-eyed. Yeah, not gonna. Lie. I get, I get, I, you know what? I get much more emotional these days. Maybe that's the uh, tequila and water. Actually, I've been drinking less, and I think that's why I'm getting emotional. Oh, because you have, because you're not dulling the emotion. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, yes. during the, the height thing. of the pandemic, we, I was putting them back, oh, and then yeah. I've cut I mean, it down, and now I go, like, I'll sit there, and I was watching a movie, and I started to cry. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Max, Stop are you, this. Are you crying during Escape from New York? <laughs> Just about. No, it's usually movies I remember watching with Maxie when he was a kid. 
Uh, Polar Express, the, the beginning music. That makes you cry? Polar Express, I will cry as soon as it comes on. Hey, Manish. It's so weird. Stay though. out of it. <laughs> so. Polar Express. It's, it, when Maxie was a kid, I don't want to embarrass him here, but okay. he would watch Polar Express a hundred times. And then it was always on. It was his favorite movie. So I, I demand that we watch it, but I don't want to watch it because I don't want to cry. Yeah. I watched Space Jam. I cried a little bit. Because it was like so bad. Emotional speech with Because it was so bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Don Cheadle, man, he has the best agent in Hollywood. I want Don Cheadle's agent. If you're listening, do you need another client? Okay. Uh, so. You, hey, you might be surprised. I think the Portland, LFC's had success at Portland. This is Jeremy Abobasi gets the goal, really, the 84th minute to beat FC an, Dallas. An LAFC killer. Plays very well against yes. LAFC. So but LAFC's done pretty well for. with them, certainly in that place. And then the Vancouver game, Saudi. Vancouver's a hard luck team in Major League Soccer. The other Canadian teams are back home, except for them. They're missing two, they're maybe their best two players in Cavallini and Crapo. And uh, it's this is all set up for LAFC. You want to set a target four points, but could be more the way they're playing. Yeah. I mean, the, it, again, it was just ticking up, ticking up. I think that this style of LAFC matches very well against Portland, who would be, like, to your point, Vancouver, we don't worry so much about at home uh, with, you know, 5-1 and 6-0 victories in our past. Uh, but, Van- but the way you set up against Portland and the way that they kind of are going to come out against you, I think the, the pieces are going to be in place where they're already going to be positioned, you know, with those wingbacks so they can really kind of deal with that. It's just going to be a matter of finishing because they are going to put a lot of guys behind the ball. Uh, and then you, hopefully you come back home and uh, you, on that nice grass surface instead of BC Place carpet, um, and you can maybe we can get a big number. Like you said, we got to get that third I goal. Hope I feel bad because Mar- Mark Dos Santos is there and he's had I such lo- a bad I day. Love, and I love but that's Mark Dos the Santos game that's too, screaming but... like it's going to be a big number, which has been in the past. I think yes. we hung six on I, them. Yeah, we're not just saying this; it has happened. Yeah, there's a, there's a five-one victory and a six-nil victory in the recent past against Vancouver, and okay. we need that. We need. Once they get that third but goal, but do it at Portland. Why not do it at Portland? Let's do both. Do it both. Do the double. And I, I th- we'll see what how Carlos Vela if he's going to log minutes. There's still load management because of the surface. Two games in a week. Yep. That's a lot. I mean, he's been uh, he, he's been pushing himself out, but he looks comfortable. My goodness, scoring that goal when he did, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we're a solid fifth, tied with Colorado for fourth on points. The standings are looking uh, the quite thing rosy. After sixth behind us, there's a gap. Yeah, there's a gap. So there's a you've given yourself a little margin. And then for when error. you look ahead, there's only three points between you and a certain team down south who lost to Vancouver. Yes. After leading. Not just good. saying. And then what we'll have a game with them in August. Yep. Right and the, you guys are, we're setting you right, up and the All-Star game right, right after, after the All-Star, All-Star game. You've got to be listening to this pod and watching it on YouTube because we're going to have you covered. And some big plans, obviously, for the All-Star game, which will be here. We want to stay in touch with you. So we'll, we'll, we, we'll let's, let's repo. Let's bring our guests out here and uh, let's Whatever let's that means, it, whatever he said. Coming up. I believe it means reposition. It's, uh, it's Max, a term that I hear a lot of these guys throw around. Max and Vince podcast, Matt Doyle, MLS, and Extra Time Radio. He knows it all. We'll talk about LAFC player values. We'll talk about the Gold Cup. Talk about MLS, and if he if he thinks LFC are headed to the number one spot, Sounders no longer unbeaten. By the way, back here on Inside LFC, the Max and Vids podcast. Thrilled to welcome back because he was uh, on once before. Matt Doyle, can we still call you armchair analyst? Are you are you pivoting away from that? No, I'm I'm still the armchair analyst though. I've upgraded to an Ames chair, so you know I'm living the, the high end Don Draper style life here. So. Yeah, a little uh, a little. Brandy, cigar. It'd be, it'd exactly. Be Though I have to, I have to, full disclosure here, it's a knockoff Ames chair. I, I, I didn't drop $6,000 on a chair. I'm not at that level yet, but we'll see. We'll see. see Maybe after the 2026 sp- World Cup. That should be sponsored into it because what great <laughs> – I mean, that's a no-brainer. Do I, who do we have to talk to at the offices there? They'll come in. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be happy. Oh, the armchair – who's a big – who makes all those kind of chairs? Uh, I mean, no. it's an Ames chair. An Ames chair? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Ames chair. Starts, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I what would think. What's Bob's Discount Furniture? Don't they Bob's have Bob's <laughs> Discount Furniture does not carry that chair. <laughs> Sorry, can't help you there. Uh, I, before we get into it, Matt, because we're going to talk a little LAFC, because you had a tweet about uh, the value of Eduardo Tweston. I want to talk about that because we know there's a lot of LAFC players on the marketplace and obviously talk about Gold Cup, which you're immersed in. But um, Vince over here has his It's Coming Rome shirt, and he feels like you have an axe to grind with Italian football. I, I, I wore this for Matt Doyle because I know how much he loves the <laughs> Italian national team. Uh, it's, 
Yeah. It's the nouveau so fans was, that are all they're all into it, right? That's the ones. So I I was rooting for Italy against England, um, and I would root for Italy against Mexico. That's about <laughs> it. That is about the extent <laughs> of times I would I would ever root for Italy. So congratulations to Vince. And let me say that I am a quarter Italian, so I, I have. I, I come I come by my disdain for Missouri very naturally. But but you have to you have to admit that they were actually somewhat pleasing to watch for once. They were they really were. Um, actually, I mean in the in the group stage, I don't think anybody was more fun to watch than Italy. Um, and I think that Mancini's done a pretty fantastic job overall for a team. I mean, obviously, it's one of the five or six most talented teams in the entire world. Um, but I would think man for man, I think most people would pick out Italy to be, or England to actually be the more talented squad, but they did not look like it on the day. Um, so I, I, you know, they were deserving champions. I, I thought Spain were better in the semis, but like, I, like they were deserving champions. No question. I was thinking about your, your, your pool for Italy and Mexico. The only matchup that comes to mind was 2002 world cup, which ended in a tie. And Mm -hmm. if, if the Italians won it, then it would have been USA-Italy in the round of mm. 16. Instead, we beat Mexico. How history could have changed. So you're saying we did you a favor. <laughs> Something like that. So, the, so I lived at that time, right, in the, in the aughts, I lived in one of the most heavily Italian neighborhoods in New York City. Um, and so for, from 2002 and then, you know, especially 2006, Living in that neighborhood was a freaking nightmare during the world. (laughs) (laughs) They were coming out of the woodwork. And these are guys who have, they they don't know anything about soccer. Like these are Joe DiMaggio fans coming out of the woodwork. But hey, Italy's in the World Cup final. Italy, and it was was miserable to be around. That's a perfect storm for why that Euro final was so huge because everyone wants to see England, to see them lose many people. And then the Italian... (laughs) The Italian, we have so many Italians in this country, we had a huge number because they'll get behind it. So I'm sure ESPN or Fox, when they cover the World Cup, are all in for more Italy doing well in this country. <laughs> we know Vince's. We, we know, know Vince's, Vince's, at least. Yes. Hey, I have, the, I have the 2006 World Cup tattooed on my wrist. So I, I, there you we, go. me and this team go way back, and it's, it's a love, it is very much a love-hate relationship. I'm just, honestly, going into this, I, I agree with you 100%. I looked at this Italy team, I go, thank God they're fun because they did not have the high-end talent of England of Spain, of even Germany. Um, but they, they were a team, and maybe this segues a little into the U.S. national team. You have an Italian team that plays 4-3-3. They always play 4-3-3 in this tournament. They're known for chopping and changing different formations within games. Uh, so they're not changing all the time now. The U.S. national team, though, is like still figuring out a style of play. And I, even I don't care if you say this is the B team or the C team. Don't you think maybe we should play one way? Yeah, I do. I'm a big Greg Berhalter fan. I I think that, you know, going back to his days with the crew and then most of what he's done with the national team, uh, it's been largely very good. Um, And I think that he has really good ideas about the game that his teams tend to express. But I feel like this team would express them better if it was almost always a 4-3-3 and occasionally the 3-4-2-1 that we saw against Mexico in the Nations League final and that I thought was pretty effective in that game. And changing between those two formations is something that you see from a lot of teams, be it, you know, a Chelsea. Uh, Tuchel has certainly done that over his career. Um, you know, Pep does that all the time as well. Um, so I, I was a little frustrated um, from what we saw on on Sunday in that one nil win over over Canada, especially because I think the the biggest question this roster needs to to answer is who can back up Tyler Adams, who can play mm-hmm. those minutes when Tyler Adams isn't around, and James Sands is sitting right freaking there when he's played that role at a really high level for NYCFC and he has filled, you know, more of a a middle of the back line role for the U S in these couple of games. And he is naturally a ball winning number six, who is a plus distributor as well. It's like, let's just trot him out there in a four, three, three and see if it works. Because if we get that, if we get that question answered, then no matter what else happens, as far as I'm concerned, this gold cup is a success. And it was frustrating to go through that game on Sunday seeing him try to answer 10 other different questions all at the same time. 
Um, so, which is a long way of saying, yes, Vince, you're absolutely correct. But he yeah. answered those. I mean, James Sands, I mean, he was given a lot of responsibility to answer in that central defensive part where he came up. But I'm with you. It's like, it can't really be Busio because of the defensive liability. Jackson Yule just always seems very limited. It's not the same mm-hmm. kind of Jackson you'll see on the club level. It's an obvious scream here for Sands. And again, like we're looking for the players that you can build into that 23-man World Cup qualifying roster. And if you get cover there on Tyler Rams, it's a game changer. So, yeah. you know, by the way, do you designate this as a B team or a C team? I guess it's probably more of a C team, right? Ooh. Like how many of these guys, how many of these guys will be making the, the 23-man rosters for World Cup qualifiers? Five, six. I, I I said seven. Is that too high? I call it a B. I call it a B minus team. Seven. Seven's a lot. It's a lot. Mm, yeah. Seven's I mean, the target. Yeah. Berhalter, I, I think, did the right thing here, going way down yeah. the list to, to figure out who can plug these holes. It's just I wish he was doing the right thing with putting them into super functional and super obvious situations, so we could get like Daryl DK was terrible against Canada. Um, which fine young players sometimes have stinkers, but like we were never going to learn what we need to know about Daryl DK by playing him up top in a two alongside Jossie Zardes. Like that, 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 those two were never going to work together. So it was a missed opportunity to learn more about the player pool and who could solve the problems that the, the, this, this team still currently has. You mean you would like to have two forwards that maybe pass the ball to each other at some point? I, that, Is that what you're saying? That. Well, what, but more like a winger that. type. Well, may, maybe yeah. I can segue this into LAFC because uh, after the LFC game against RSL, I said, how can I blame Greg Berhalter for this? And I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> David Ochoa should not have been playing for RSL in that game because he should have been told he's starting every single Gold Cup game because Matt Turner should be playing with the A-team. Yeah. Am, wow. I, am I way off base here? I uh, no, I, I I didn't I, I wasn't able to construct it like that in my head, but you got there. <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I I will say straight up, I think that Matt Turner is better than either Zach Steffen or Ethan Horvath. As a matter of fact, no sign. I am really really nervous about Zach Steffen gifting goals to the, mm-hmm. to opponents during World Cup qualifiers. So yes. All right, Vince, you got me on board. David Ochoa <laughs> should have been in goal for the U.S., though it is an open question as to whether or not he would have accepted the captain call-up. Yes, I think I agree That's with you true. 100%. I think he was right. to If if he sees Matt Turner and goes, okay, Greg, uh, no, I'm not going to come because I, I'll play my club team and I'll get minutes, that was the right decision. But if he goes to him and says, you're my number one through this entire tournament, and by the way, we have a very good chance of winning this tournament because – it's the Gold Cup. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it sways him a little bit. It, it might have. Um, I don't think it swayed Jillian Araujo, which is mm. very interesting. The guy, you know, working across town from, from you. Um, and, and I think that what we are on the precipice of, and, and thanks in large part to the strength of the academies in, in Dallas and, and with the Galaxy and, and now with what LAFC are doing, um, kind of a golden age of Mexican-American dual nationals. Kids who are going to be, you know, have, getting opportunities at a young age with first teams um, and are going to have to make some pretty tough decisions about which club or which which country they're going to re- represent uh, at the national team level. And we've already seen Efra Alvarez make his decision um, and good for him and I, and I hope it works out for him. Uh, but there's just a lot, lot more of that to come yeah all three of the yeah. all three of the is Acad- playing. he's playing for them and- well all three of the uh lafc academy players that were signed and i'm not saying they all have national team ceilings but they all have the eligibility to play for both it's a lot it's a glut of guys and uh just to go- talk about lafc we're excited you know we had, we went through a bad patch we had to talk some people off the ledge because they were i mean we, this is not a club that you could put in what was happening in toronto and atlanta where they had real struggles and now it's come where they both made coaching changes lafc uh they they like to play with each other it just wasn't clicking into place it is now we're waiting for the big game the glut of goals game which we think might be coming this week we hope but uh your thoughts on, on what you saw because this was a this was a, a trim, obviously an incredible finish with uh carlos vela doing what he does best but what we were saying is it's a team effort and Different guys putting their hands up, which gets us very excited as we cover the club. It looked, it looked more like the LAFC that I, I thought we were going to see 
from the jump this year. And now obviously there are very good reasons why we didn't see that from this team from the jump, injuries being one of them, just pandemic weirdness. Almost never, almost nobody in the league has looked as good or as consistent um, as I think we thought amongst the good teams. Um, so there are a lot of different reasons. And another thing is like the, the losses that LAFC took earlier this year, kind of misleading. Guys missing chances on one end, and then a couple of late brain farts from the defense at the other end, almost all of them against good teams as well. Um, I don't think there was ever well, the rumors of their demise was greatly exaggerated. At the same time, I, LASC, since they came into the league, have arguably been, or maybe not even arguably, I, argue, like they have been the most entertaining team to watch. And there were big chunks of the first two, three months of this season where they weren't. They, <laughs> were things not. were slow. Things were slow. They, you know, they were a, a little bit timid going forward mm. at times. And um, like you said, it, it feels like it's clicking now. Certainly it, it was this weekend, whether like they could have scored 10 goals, let alone two. Um, and I, I think just from an entertainment standpoint, I, I hope we get more of that. But I still have the question of can this team can can this team go into the playoffs and win an MLS Cup if they don't have that star center forward? Um, and that's going to be an open question until they answer it in the affirmative. Because this, I mean, watching this LAC team, and you can have a different opinion on this. You know, I think defensively they are actually quite good now. Obviously, if you make a bonehead mistake, it's hard to say your defense is good, but it, it, they are somewhat good. Um, it's all about chance finishing. They're, as long as they're creating chances, they need to just finish them because they need to win games 3-1 to one or 3-2. to two. Um, So it is weird. I don't know. Is it, we, it, as much as, like you said, they, they do look at least uh, somewhat pleasing to the eye again, but is it weird for you to watch them kind of grind out games? It is. It is, but I, I think in part it's like a compliment to them because they have the ability to grind out games yep. now whereas certainly last year they didn't um and that's not to say that's been perfect um there, there have been like you know we have both said bonehead errors that have cost them points cost them you know three points against the galaxy frankly um but i i think it's been a necessary club to add to the bag because We've all seen what the Sounders have done to them repeatedly over the last couple of years. Sounders were not beating LAFC in big games by playing beautiful, flowing soccer, though they are certainly capable of that on their day. Um, they were just grinding LAFC down. They were throwing a rock into the machinery and making it break, and LAFC didn't really have the answer to that. Now, again, it's going to be an open question as to whether or not they actually have the answer to it until they get to the playoffs and show that, yes, they do. But it does feel like they have taken a step towards that and are a little bit more culturally or emotionally resilient than maybe what we've seen in the past. And in that regard, I mean, you have to focus on CCL run last year. I, I still think LAFC are CCL champions if Atuesta doesn't get that BS red card and they're you know that version of the team had so much more i mean it wasn't just about beautiful soccer though they did show that including against tigris but they they had a little like they they played like sops they really did and, mm -hmm. and lafc hasn't always done that and that is i think starting to translate somewhat this year and then when you layer on the beautiful attacking soccer on top of that then you have a team that looks like it's going to win a bunch of games and, and maybe even a couple of trophies. Yeah, that, and that's a new development, that that toughness. I mean, we see it with the introduction of Murillo. Farfan has been a pleasant surprise with the toughness yep. and getting under people's grind. So I think that is a nice part of the recipe that could make them a better team on the other end. Matt, I wanted to talk to you about the – the, the, the Busio tweet where he looks like it was like 11 million, right? 11 million for Venezia for a 19-year-old player. And you, yeah. said, and you said, imagine what the value is for Eduardo Tuesta because he's a more – why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Vince feels like it well, doesn't equate okay, before, because, because be, Tuesta's too old. Before, yeah, before we get into this, how tongue-in-cheek were you on that? Because I don't want to hammer you if you were having a little bit of fun because I just think that 
the people, the powers that be that are making these transfers see it a little bit differently, and a lot of it starts with age. For sure. Uh, so it was everything I tweet is 100% serious and 100% tongue in cheek. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> yes. I need, I, that, mean, I need that on your Twitter bio. <laughs> Obviously, um, Busio doing what he's done at age 19 is super impressive and is a big reason why um, he he's going for it seems like eight figures if he hits the incentives. And from what I understand, the incentives aren't particularly difficult to hit. So this is probably going to be an eight-figure transfer uh, for Sporting KC. Um, getting that from a 19-year-old uh, is is more valuable to a lot of clubs than getting it from a 24-year-old. But I believe Atuesta is yeah, 24. 24. Um, that said, I think the world of Atuesta. I think you could drop him into any club outside of maybe the top 15 in the world and he'll add so much value you put him like you put him with the right players even in some of the the biggest clubs in the world and he would not be out of place i i just i think he's like he is my favorite player in this league to watch um and like part of me wants to see him get sold for x amount of money just to see if he can succeed um, and blow away expectations in Europe in the biggest leagues in the world. Part of me doesn't ever want to see him leave MLS because he is so much fun to watch. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. Look, I, I'm a Juventus fan, and, and there was times when I was watching uh, a Rodrigo Betancourt not be able to even look up, you know, behind him to see the man behind him and then play a weak pass to his yeah, goalkeeper. Overrated. I'm thinking, can Edward Atuesta please come and help my my Juventus team? Like, I mean, uh, he could do a better job than whatever Betancourt is is providing. Uh, but yeah, I just I had to tweet. I always have to tweak Max because I want to bring him back to Earth. Because I'm like, look, the pass here. Look, Busio's got the passport also, which is a huge huge deal mm-hmm. for Italian league where you have two non EU spots. And then uh, aside from the age, Atuesta, and even though he gets re-signed, really only has a year left on his deal. So you're not buying out. I I, w- I wouldn't yeah. imagine Busio has. Uh, five years left on his deal, but more than a year, I would think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the numbers are on his deal. Um, it, it it does whatever it is. It looks like a good bit of business for uh, for Sporting KC, and it does feel like the floodgates have kind of started to open on the transfer of good MLS talent to uh, the biggest leagues and some of the biggest teams in the world. And it's something that you know. As an MLS fan since 1996, I have been waiting for this moment for the mm. league to really join the global market in this way. Um, and I think the owners are maybe realizing it is a good way to um, to make a little bit of money as well. And once that starts happening, then I think the league as a whole um, has the ability to move to another level. Well, there's a there's another and, guy. It was also if it, it, this was maybe deferred because of the pandemic, but this time yeah. is going to arrive. But you got to get the right prices, and we know Atuesta, Rossi, Rodriguez well, were on that in the shop window, so to speak. But you're not going to give them away. That's where I'm going. There's another yeah. guy with an Italian passport uh, named Diego Rossi. Uh, should Venezia be shopping? Uh, yes. Continue to shop in these waters. You know Tanner Tesman, Busio. Uh, and and what, are you going to be on our Venice road trip? Yeah, I know. I know you. <laughs> I know you. You you don't love your Serie A soccer the way I do. But what what do you what do you think about Diego Rossi to a team like Venezia? Is that does that suit his level? I w- I would have thought I would have thought he would be on the radars of or or, or potentially even having moved to already more of a um, more established sort of mid table team um, or even higher. Uh, yeah, I've already I've always had sort of a soft spot for uh, Fiorentina. Um, American you know, and I know there were it looks good in purple. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there were rumors about that. Um, you know, my people are from Napoli, so sure, send them to Napoli. Um, I don't think he would be ever playing, uh, you know, in for in Turin for Juventus, but Torino, he would make sense there. He is that type of player. Uh, and, and, and it's like that to Esta thing. Like I, I want him to stay in MLS forever because he's a good soccer player and it makes my job more fun to cover great young soccer players. But, um, I also want to see what he can do in a top five league. And my guess is that we will get to see that next year at some point. 
Yeah. I just add with Rossi, I'd like to see him with a, a team that has a lot of games that may be in the Europa League or a Champions because he's durable. He runs, and he'll eat up these minutes for a team like that. So I think that's a, a valuable component. Well, and just please, God, send him somewhere that wants to play a little bit. Because when you watch somebody like Miguel Marone and you just want to cry every oh, day that, that he he's just crying out for somebody. Like, he gets on the ball and goes, <laughs> This is how we do it. This is how we do it at yeah, the tune. Let me run 80 yards. Oh, is anyone coming with me? No? Okay, cool. Yeah. I have a buddy who's an Arsenal fan, really big Arsenal fan. He's an English guy. Um, and I've been busting his chops for the past three years about how much better Ars how much better off Arsenal would be if they had just shopped in MLS. They could wow. have gotten Alfonso Davies, Miguel Almirón, Tyler Adams. Now you get Rossi and Atuesta. Suddenly you're cooking. Suddenly Arsenal's back, right? They just got to learn to shop American. Wouldn't have had to open yeah. that war chest either. Now the, they're paying no. 90 million Price is for right, White. man. We give you a good deal. It's, it's basically the Bob's discount furniture, but it's quality furniture. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think that's going to catch on at MLS anytime <laughs> no, soon. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're fantastic. And if you don't follow Matt on, on Twitter, you're cheating yourself. He's... It's fun. It's it's hilarious. 100% fun. 100% serious. 100% smart. You'll get it. It's it's great. So check out. And you really should. And check out extra time. I, we listen to it every week. It's fa it's fantastic. It's so good that you guys watch everything. And I'm like, uh, it's hard to watch every game. It's hard. It is. It is. There there are certain games that are harder than others. And I of just course. Leave it at that. But you had to be thrilled. You saw Montreal Cincinnati go. Uh oh, I got I got nine goals. It was awesome. Yeah. That one was that one was a lot of fun. And like everybody's sleeping on on Montreal because of everything that's traditionally surrounded that team. Uh, but Wilfred Nancy's doing a hell of a job up there, man. Right on. Matt, we appreciate you, and you just keep fighting the good fight, and hopefully we get a Gold Cup final. Because I want to go to Vegas, and it's a, it's a short drive. So. USA El Salvador. Is yes. that possible? It's possible. All right. That's what I want. There you go. I like that one. I like that one. Have a good day, my friend. We'll talk soon. Cheers, boys. All right. There you go. All Another right. cracking good show. A lot of information. We go from 100 to 101 with Matt Doyle. I mean, and we're gonna get him that chair, and he's not. Gonna you're gonna pay get him one that chair penny. with that hefty paycheck. He's not gonna pay hefty paycheck if I keep winning on the local broadcast. Well, yeah. Once Sean Thornton, you're gonna buy it with Gam. Might be a little check in the mail, and we'll see how it is. We appreciate all of you. Do what you gotta do. Download. Leave a review. Let us leave a review. It takes two seconds. Just a yeah. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll be back uh, two games this week. Wednesday games on FS1 at Portland. Saturday's going to be on KCOP. And we'll be back. We have a couple, another two-game week lying ahead here in uh, July, August. You and I are going to be quite busy, my friend. Yes. All right. I also want to wish my wife happy birthday, which is on Saturday, which I can't, uh, I can't be with her on that Saturday because I'm working, but we'll have to do something Friday or Sunday. I've got to come up with a plan. Oh, you better get I'm on. going to get her okay. a high-end toothbrush. Please leave a review her and send Max gift ideas and uh, adventure ideas. Gift ideas, for... please. Yes. I think go to Costco. I saw they have electric bikes at Costco now. That's a gift idea for me if anyone's shopping. Is it an electric bike, a motorcycle? <laughs> kind of. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Placido Domingo.